It's the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Sean Del Grand. And we've got over 800 brand new Mazdas with outstanding incentives, like low monthly lease payments and low APR financing. Yep, it's just a great time to buy. So don't miss the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Financing on approval of credit. We have a chance to win the Stanley Cup. There's not many teams at the beginning of the year that can say that. We have a chance to, and and it's got to be on us to make that happen. You're listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide with Ted Ramey. This is our opportunity. Our time is, is now. Our window is now. 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 All right, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Morning Tide again. Yeah, you can't get rid of me as of yet. And no, this is not dropping the morning after a Sharks playoff game. It's dropping the morning after the end of the year locker clean-out session with the media for the San Jose Sharks. Ultimately, a sad day that we hoped wasn't going to be coming for quite some time. And all I could really think about on Thursday was just how weird it was to not have a Game 7 to get ready for because I fully expected going into Game 6 that the Sharks were going to be able to pull it out. I mean, this team all year long, the story has been the way they've battled, the way they've been resilient, the way they've been able to just come up with huge performances in the face of adversity. And I, and I have to admit that even though the final line in Game 6 was 5-1, to one, that was not a 5-1 to one game. The Sharks battled. They were in it. They had some good looks. They hit the pipes. They got robbed by Bennington a couple times. They just weren't able to find the back of the net. And they were playing out there with a team that was severely, you're missing Eric Carlson. You're missing a fully healthy Joe Thornton. You're missing Joe Pavelski. You're missing Tomas Hurdle. You know guys are out there playing with injuries as is. And just to have all those things kind of come down on you at once, it just it wasn't fair. Nothing in sports really are. But you just thought to yourself, man, I would have loved to have seen what could have happened in Game 6 if the Sharks had been healthy. And I know that no one's healthy this time of year, but that's not really the point I'm trying to get at. The point to me, is that this team was designed the right way. This team had the right mindset. This team had the right personnel. The team, above all else, did not have the health. And that's an unfortunate reality for the San Jose Sharks. It is just how it goes, but that's just what I'm going to come back to. It's just, it was the health. And again, that is not to take anything away from St. Louis I know people on social media are not very big on St. Louis right now. Listen, St. Louis is a great team, and they deserve all our respect. I know some people are upset about hits that were and hits that weren't penalized. And Listen, that's not what lost the series for the Sharks. You would have loved to have had some of those calls go your way, but I'm sure there are people in St. Louis who are saying, hey, I would have loved to have had that hand pass get called. You know, it goes both ways. The officials didn't lose it. The Sharks lost because when all was said and done, when you get through the war of attrition, that is the Stanley Cup playoffs, the Sharks simply did not have the horses to win a Game 6 and force a Game 7. That said, I keep on going back to this reality of where I felt lost last night. It's a Thursday night. I'm thinking to myself earlier in the week, all right, Game 6 is going to be Tuesday, and then Game 7 is going to be Thursday night at the tank. 
and it's going to be rocking, and we're going to punch our ticket to the Stanley Cup final. And then it's just like you're cut adrift. You have this anchor that is the Sharks, and it gets you through the good times and the bad, and you just kind of have this thing to fall back on. It's like, well, I've got the Sharks tonight. I've got the Sharks tonight. I've got the Sharks tonight. That's the refrain I keep on telling myself from you know the start of October all the way to where we are now. You look forward to these games. You look forward to these moments, and now you're cut adrift. And you come up with this idea of, well, now what? What do I do? What do, what do I do besides watch hockey? And thankfully, in a couple of days, the Stanley Cup final will come up, and I don't really know who I'm rooting for. Just entertainment, I guess, more than anything else. I'm not ready to uh, root for Boston in any situation, in anything in life, but I'm not ready to root for St. Louis. So I just want to be entertained. That's ultimately what I keep on coming back to. But yeah, it's rough, man. I really expected that we would have had a Game 7 last night and that we would be getting ready to gear up for another run to the Stanley Cup Final. And again, you keep on coming back to the health of the San Jose Sharks. Such a huge reality. Such a huge factor in the way it went down. And there's nothing you can do against that. I don't think this has anything to do with the Sharks training staff. I don't think it has anything to do with anything other than just hockey is a punishing sport. And again, I come back to this idea of it being a war of attrition that the Sharks lost, and that's part of what it takes to win a series. You need to be the healthier team to win. That's not anything to take away from what the St. Louis Blues have done, but that's reality. You have to be in the field of play. You have to be out there. It doesn't matter if you're missing a player, and you can't say, oh, well, we didn't have this guy, that guy. Listen, you have to be out there. It's not an excuse. It's just a reality. You have to be out there. The Sharks guys weren't out there because they were battered, bruised, beaten. They had had about as hard of a trip through the Stanley Cup playoffs as any team that had advanced to the conference final, and I think arguably the the toughest route. But the Sharks were beat up, and I think in spite of all that, the effort that they put forth in the series against St. Louis and the way they showed up in Game 6 and in Game 5, and in Game 4. All those, you know, I thought were really, really valiant efforts by the San Jose Sharks. But a lot of really good stuff came out of the session with the media yesterday, and I wanted to get into that. Let's start with uh, Peter DeBoer and just his overall view of the season as a whole. Oh, that's a a big answer. Um, It was almost a season of kind of two or three seasons between... Our start, uh, the new the new players, obviously, we were integrating in here. Um, and then, you know, the middle piece of the season where I thought, you know, we really started to play to our potential and what we were capable of, um, you know, and, and then the end and then the playoffs, you know. So it was, it was one of those years where, uh, you know, we went through a lot of uh, different stages and, you know, I thought we came out um, into the playoffs in a good place in our mindset. You know, for me, it's it's still hard to swallow because I really feel we still should be playing. I think we have that capability that we sh- still should have been playing. And, um, you know, I don't know when you get past that. You know, it's a, it's a missed opportunity. At the same time, you know, behind the scenes, you know, the, the guts and the character and and uh, some of the things the guys showed, you know, are something that I'll uh, that I'll also always remember. That you know, I haven't seen uh, in the playoffs before, even on teams I've gone to the Stanley Cup Finals with. And General Manager Doug Wilson weighed in on this as well. 
Well, I was in this room probably about an hour ago just uh, reflecting on the journey of this season and a lot of, a lot of different emotions. Um, the season seemed to be almost two or three different parts to it. Um, disappointed for this group um, to not get to where we wanted to, but um, at the same time extremely proud of them. Uh, the, uh, uh, the makeup of the group, how they handled the challenges that came their way, um, told them extremely proud of them. And it's, uh, it's just a reflective moment, I guess, that we're trying to find perspective on a, on a year that um, I mean, we wanted more, but I'm telling you, they, uh, they stepped it up and they left it out there for us. He's right. The Sharks did leave it all out there. And as Pete DeBoer alluded to after game number six, the Sharks, in pugilistic fashion, kept on getting up off the mat. They were always ready to fight and ready and willing to give more. Here's Jumbo on what made this year's team so special. Oh, yeah, it was, it was, it was just entertaining, man. It was, you know, the Vegas series, you know, wow, and Colorado, wow. And then, you know, you're, you're the final three teams left, and it's disappointing, you know, not to, to be playing next week, but... You know, I think the the people, you know, of this area, you know, are proud of the guys in here, and I think they should be. It was, um, you know, with the amount of guys that were injured, you know, that's no excuse, but it was, uh, they poured their heart out and played their heart out this year. And the thing that I hear with all these guys in their responses, you can just hear the emotional weight. You can hear the regret. You can hear the disappointment. You can hear what sort of an opportunity they felt they had and what sort of an opportunity they feel they might currently be missing. Because, again, they all seem to allude to the fact that they all think they would still be playing, that they would still be vying for the cup. Yeah, for sure. You know, it was, I think, it was a great season. It was a lot of fun. You know, it was for sure a lot of up and down. You know, we got some tough time, but really fun time, you know. And, you know, it's tough, you know, because you're so close to... You know, we need just six more games to be, you know, Stanley Cup champion, two more being finals. So it's it's really tough loss. But what we did, I think it was, you know, pretty cool too. You know, what we did against Vegas, you know, and Colorado game sevens, you know, and a lot of, what I say, ups and downs. But I think it was pretty positive season. But still, you know, it's it's always tough a couple of days after thinking about how close you've been to play final and you miss it. So right now it's tough. But if you look, I think during the summer, I think it will be like, uh, you know, like, pretty look to go back, you know, what we did this season. That's Tomas Hurdle with his overall viewpoint, and Eric Carlson also chimed in with regard to what he'll remember about this entire run. No, I think that, uh, you know, it's a crazy playoffs, not only, uh, you know, our, our run, but I think for everyone. Uh, so it's great to be a part of that. I think that, you know, our belief in here were that, you know, we, we uh, were going to win the whole thing. Uh, obviously, got cut short uh, and that's unfortunate because uh, I do think that you know if uh, if we would have been uh, you know healthy and and uh, everything I think that you know we would have had a legitimate chance of, of winning the cup this year uh, which is a great feeling to have and something that uh, you know for the first time in my career I've experienced and I enjoyed that and I embraced that and as I said before you know I think that's an experience that uh, you know it's going to help me grow and, and move forward and, and you know being able to be in that position But even though we do look at the immediate reality with a bittersweet feeling because we think about what could have been, we have to think about some of the amazing moments we got out of these playoffs. Let's go back to the first round and game number five. Gordon, past Pavelski, walks it in. They score! 
And of course, this was the game that began the rise of Jones. Now, William Carlson, two on one. Saved by Jones. What a pass stop by Martin Jones. And of course, in the aftermath, Tomas Hurdle stole the show. Uh, it was a fun game, you know. We start fast right away. No fans was unbelievable, you know, to help us, you know, win this game. And we. It was. I was just fun game, and, and now we, we know we have one more game and come back for game seven, and I believe it because we're better team than them. Suddenly, the Sharks were back into this series with Las Vegas, trailing three games to two, going back to Las Vegas, and this was the game from Martin Jones. A block by Pavelski on a rebound. Pavelski races out with it. Tried to get around William Carlson, couldn't do it. Sharks might get caught on the change here. It's now Braun, knocked down by Marchessault. Marchessault open in front of the shot. Save made by Martin Jones off Riley Smith. One of the biggest saves of the series for Martin Jones at 1 minute 18 seconds of the third. Martin Jones put the Sharks on his back, making 58 saves, only letting one shot get through. And then it was Tomas Hurdle with the shorthanded game winner in double overtime. Stastny back down the boards. Kept in at the point. And up the middle, a pass for Hurdle. Tomas Hurdle shorthanded, shoots, and scores! Tomas Hurdle hits the jackpot! Game 7 on Tuesday in San Jose. It's over! And the Sharks mob Tomas Hurdle and Martin Jones too! And that set the stage for game number seven, ahead of which Gerard Gallant gave Sharks fans a quote, well, they'll never forget. Greg Wyszynski, ESPN. So according to uh, Pete DeBoer, you are the uh, master chirper of the Vegas bench going after poor Logan Couture here. You want to clear your good name as far as uh, being the guy chirping the Sharks? I really don't want to talk about that, but I think I'm going to have to a little bit because, uh, you know, for that clown to say that in the paper yesterday, it's not right. There might have been two incidents that happened. And I'll tell you both of the incidents. Logan Couture, I thought it was an embellishment, so I'm yelling at the referee. Not yelling at Logan Couture. The other one, game two, Evander Keynes yelling at Ryan Reed between the bench. And Evander yells at me. He said, hey, coach, when are you going to send your big guy out in the ice and play him more than four minutes? And I said, he's played ten minutes every game, and he's going to play a lot more. So them are the two times. If I'm going to be a chirper and a loudmouth, I think people know me as a coach and respect me as a coach. And if he's going to yap about that, that's... A little, a little unclassy for me. Now, I don't believe in karma or cosmic forces, but... The war zone down in front of Florida. Down goes one of the Sharks and staying down. Is that Pavelski? Oh, my. That's Pavelski. He's bleeding. And the referees are talking right now. This is one of those things. This could be a five-minute major. Here is a major opportunity now for the Sharks. They've got a five-minute major power play. They're down 3 nothing, but they can keep scoring goals on the power play. And they need to do it quickly. LeBanc, cross-ice, Couture, shot, star! Power play goal for Logan Couture at a most critical moment. Nine minutes, 20 seconds of the third period. Couture gets the Sharks on the board, and the power play will continue, making the score 3-1 Vegas. Won the faceoff. Those are 50-50 faceoff fouls. LeBanc ahead. Now Hurdle. 
for Meyer and LeBanc. LeBanc will bump it back. Eric Carlson shoots it. Sorensen. It's upended there by Stone. No penalty's going to get called. Eric Carlson to Thornton across the line. Thornton being checked by Theodore. Puck came out, but Eric Carlson intercepts. Moves across the line. Lead Barkley Goodrow. Gets around the defense. Shoots. He scores! Barkley Goodrow is the hero for the Sharks in overtime in Game 7. The Sharks were down by three goals. They came back. They took the lead. And then after Vegas tied it, Barkley Goodrow is the big man on campus. Sharks win 5-4, and they win the series in seven. You know, it has to be the top, you know, I think. For everybody in the whole building, for everybody witnessing, that was, you know, the best game I've ever been part of, you know, period. We knew it. Uh, Jumbo told us, you go you go get three with a couple swear words in there, and got that first one quick, then the second one came, and we just knew we were getting three and four. Great play all around by everyone in the power play. It made up for a bad night in the power play there. Now I probably never will again. That was, uh, man, I'm going to have to go home and watch that a couple times to remember everything that happened because that, uh, that was a hell of a lot of fun to play hockey. And that's why this is the greatest game in the world, man. Yeah, that's why it's the greatest moment in the history of the franchise. Maybe not the greatest accomplishment that's making it to the Stanley Cup Final in 2016, but in terms of a pure moment, 
the Pavelski payback, or as I call it, the major comeback. That is the moment we will all remember for the rest of our lives. But it wasn't over and done with there. Of course, the Sharks went on and won it in seven against Colorado. Hurdle, the only Shark forward to score in this series in the last three games. Brent Burns at the point, scores! What a way for Pavelski to come back, but of course it was Jonas Donskoy with the game winner for the Sharks. Around it'll come for Burns. He'll fire it across. Onto the scene is Donskoy. Donskoy front scores! Yeah, we love these guys. They've been so great, uh, my family and I, and uh, you know what? It's, it's just such a special place to come out, have another chance to get into the conference finals, keep playing. It's uh, it's special. That's Pavs after Donskoy's goal, and the Sharks were headed on to face the Blues in the Western Conference Final, and of course, we all lost our minds off a certain goal from Timo Meyer. Now Nyquist steals it away from Shen, gives to Meyer, who tried to control it with his backhand, couldn't do it, but he did push it behind the net for a moment in the St. Louis zone. Meyer steals it from Pareko, moves around Bomeister, he's by himself, he's in front, he scores! Timo Meyer steals the puck, moved around the other defenseman, was by himself, and looked like he was going to drag the puck from the backhand side of the stick to the forehand. But at the last second, he kept it on the backhand and tipped it short side. That's a spectacular goal by Timo Meyer to make it 4-2 Sharks. After that, it was the Game 3 empty net rally with Logan Couture continuing to be the best player on the planet. Comes out to the point for Carlson and then Burns. Now Thornton in front, players rocking out, they score! Couture! With just under one minute remaining, we are tied at four! And after that, sadly enough, was probably the last great moment of the 2019 postseason for the San Jose Sharks, and it was one rife with controversy. Sharks get the rebound and move it out. Meyer, long pass, Couture gets it. Tipped by Nyquist across the line, couldn't get the pass back, and the Sharks do get the puck recovered. Nyquist to the right side, Meyer. Going to the net, Eric Carlson. Meyer the shot. Poked at. Why? Meyer sends in front. Nyquist. Eric Carlson shot. Score! Eric Carlson gets the shot away. It might have been tipped in front, and it is a Sharks 5 4 win. But the Blues are protesting. They say that might have been gloved in the net. So hold on, folks. This one might not be over. No, they did not call a hand pass here, folks. They did not call a hand pass. Nobody called it. It wasn't blown dead. They can't call this back. This cannot be challenged. This game is over. This was a hand pass by Timo Meyer that doesn't get picked up. And Nyquist shuffles it over after the hand pass from Timo Meyer. But they did not call it a hand pass. This cannot come back. Erica, now that it's over and smiles and the whole thing, uh, was that a hand pass on the final goal? Well, we weren't playing handball, were we? So we're playing hockey. I think, uh, you know, we deserve to win this game. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, I think that uh, neither team, you know, uh, drew the shortest stick on uh, any of the calls out there. So uh, it's a fair game. That was probably my favorite Eric Carlson moment of the year, that answer. That was just fantastic. Well, we weren't playing handball. Just complete S-eating grin as he's giving the answer. Uh, you got to love it. But unfortunately for the Sharks, like I said, that was the last great moment of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And that's not to say that there weren't valiant efforts from the Sharks because there were until the moment they were eliminated, but there were no more wins for the Sharks. That was the last win. They had a 2-1 series lead. Then due to injuries and various other reasons, the Sharks were not able to 
thrive and succeed again in the series, and they lost four games to two. And along the way, there was a lot of controversy about hits to the head to, to certain Sharks players and a lack of calls and post-game suspensions going to players from the Blues. But, you know, it's the Stanley Cup playoffs, and I don't think any of the Sharks are going to be too upset about the lack of calls. I'm sure they're all thinking about what they could have done individually to put forth a greater effort to get the wins. And again, I didn't agree with the lack of suspensions for some of the hits, but ultimately that's not the reason why the Sharks lost this series. The Sharks lost this series because they lost the war of attrition, and that is as big a factor as anything else in the Stanley Cup playoffs. If you lose that war of attrition, it's going to be pretty hard to win a series. Now, since we're on the subject, let's get into some of the injuries that were impacting the Sharks throughout that series against the Blues. Let's start off with Joe Pavelski. Just kind of re-aggravated my uh, lower body injury from um, the end of the year. You know, it never fully healed up, but it was good enough to go for a while and you know, just got hit in a way that kind of let it up again. So for Pavelski, what we essentially heard was there was the head injury he was dealing with from the Vegas series. There was the mouth injury he was dealing with the Las Vegas series. There was the knee injury he was dealing with. And it also sounded like Pavelski had a surgery while he was out during the Colorado series, either on his hand or his wrist. So, yes, I would say those all play a massive factor in the game of Joe Pavelski. Not that he still wasn't a stud out there on the ice, but... My God, man. Now let's hear from Eric Carlson and get his take on what we perceive to be the issue with his groin, which has haunted him since the new year. Yes and no, because I, I, I'm still in the process of uh, figuring all that out, uh, to, so I can't really give you a, a straight answer. Uh, but it's something that's, uh, you know, I've been dealing with uh, since January. Um, you know, again, I don't think that, uh, uh, you know, anything that we did. Uh, would have changed the outcome. Uh, you know, I was very fortunate to be able to play uh, pretty much all the games except the last one in, in the playoffs. Uh, you know, at a at a uh, reasonable level, uh, even from my standards. Um, so you know, I think that that's uh, you know great. Uh, you know, uh, everybody's dealing with something, and you have to play through things. So uh, you know, I was able to do that, and uh, you know, for that I'm proud and and. Uh, you know, grateful for that. So, uh, but again, it's not going to be anything that's, uh, uh, you know, it's nothing major. Uh, it's just going to take some time and, and, you know, figure everything out and, uh, you know, should be some. And of course, Tomas Hurdle, he missed game six as well and a good deal of game number five. I was had injury yeah, after, after the hit, you know, in Barbashov. This, you guys probably know when, if you remember first, last practice before the. Vegas series, you know, when I got sliced during the practice, so uh, I broke it finger, so it, it, I just got fixed it yesterday, so so I got, like, on a couple of times during the playoff rebroken, but it wasn't, like, earlier, like, bother me, you could just get shot and you're playing through, like, everybody else, but this happened just before uh, Vegas, but it wasn't that, it was my head. Now, Jumbo was dealing with his own issues, but he said that regardless, he was mostly pretty healthy for the entirety of the year. It was actually good. Uh, actually, the other I pulled my groin early on, um, but my my body in general felt great. Yeah, not like a lot of the other guys. Man, they were they were hurting units, but um, yeah, I had minor things. But was- but his groin did speak up to start off the Western Conference Final. I think it was 
the first shift of the St. Louis series. <laughs> the very first shift. So, but it did. Hey, what these guys dealt with in here, it's nothing compared to what these guys played through. So you just you know wrap it up and go. So it was easy for me. Timo Meyer was banged up with an upper body injury, but he was not about to blame that for anything in the postseason. No, not really. Uh, that's just kind of playoff hockey. You know, it's playing with bruises, and it's a physical sport, so you're going to get a, yeah, a couple bumps and bruises. So, you know, nothing that, you know, I can say really. And head coach of the Sharks, Pete DeBoer, weighed in on all the injuries that impacted the team over the course of the year and specifically the playoffs. Yeah, well, I mean, he's on a long list of guys there. You know, when you when you get the... When you get the injury report on Joe Pavelski, you know, he looks like a, a car accident victim between the, the mouth and the knee and the head and the finger. <laughs> I mean, it's it's crazy. So, um, you know, we, we had a lot of those guys, but every team does. If you're going to go deep into the playoffs, you, you've got all kinds of guys battling through all kinds of, of things um, on a nightly basis. and. You know, Eric tried. Eric wanted to be out there. His heart was in the right place every night to try and get out there and try and help us. And general manager Doug Wilson chimed in on this as well, the issues with the injuries, starting with, of course, Eric Carlson. I think we had him healthy for maybe six weeks, and he showed what he was capable of. But our entire team, you know, we had some some injuries, and injuries happen. That's that's part of this business. Um, it's one thing to... To have players, if you lose your difference makers, it's difficult. Uh, but this group always bounced back and found a way. And uh, uh, for that, we're extremely proud. No excuses, line up, next man up, uh, all those those things that you hear at this group live that. And I'll be honest with you, I've been in this business 40 years. I think the thing that epitomizes this group, as well as anything I've ever seen, was that uh, the Vegas game, Game 7, where you see the emotional chaos of your captain going down, being carried off, and how the group responded showed everything you need to know about this group. And uh, I'll remember that moment for forever. And now this leads us to the discussion of what's next for the San Jose Sharks, and a lot of this centers around the decisions to be made regarding unrestricted free agents, particularly the big three in Pavelski, Thornton, and Eric Carlson. Let's start with Jumbo. He is the sentimental favorite for everyone. He is the face of the franchise in most capacities. This is what Doug Wilson had to say about Jumbo, whatever his decision may be. He's a shark. Um, you know, I have such tremendous respect for him, not just as a hockey player, but as a man. Um, he can have all the time he needs to make whatever decisions right for him, but we, we love him. I mean, it's, uh, I think... I've been in this business a long time. I've never met anybody like him, and uh, we cherish the days that we have him. And uh, whatever decision he makes, we're, we're there for him. However, Jumbo has yet to make that decision. Oh. Well, I got to talk to Pete and Doug and Hasu, and, um, but we'll see. I, I haven't made any decision. or You know, I feel like I, you know, I can still play, that's for sure, but um, I haven't made any decision at all yet, Kevin. And Jumbo was then asked if there was any timeline on his decision. No, no. I, like I said, I got to talk to some people. Talk, you know, talk with my family. Um, yeah, but no. Yeah, no, no decision yet. But Jumbo said if he does return, it is only as a shark. Yeah, yeah. It is safe to say it's you know. I'm a shark. Yeah, I'm a shark, and you know, there's. Yeah, there's one team, and it's here. Now, beyond the sentimentality of Jumbo, you're looking at Eric Carlson and Joe Pavelski being unrestricted free agents as well. Let's go to Pavs first and get his thoughts. Am I concerned? Um, 
I don't know. Um, I know I'm going to be playing hockey next year. <laughs> it's hopefully it's going to be here. Um, and we love it here. So I, I think something will happen. Who, who really knows? But it's uh, coming off. You know, a lot of emotions coming through the playoffs and in that round. And you know, we'll sit down and take a look at what will happen here. I mean, we're going to be all right. I think regardless. And the captain also added this sentiment. Yeah, I'm pretty confident. I got a, I mean, pretty strong belief system that I'll be back here. Um, it's just things have to work themselves out along the way. And um, we had a lot of things going on, you know, with many different players. So it's nothing I'm too worried about. My mindset really doesn't change. Uh, I know where I'm at as a player and uh, physically right now, so I'll get a little rest. But need to have a good summer. It's like anything. It doesn't matter where you're coming in. My mindset doesn't really change. You go back and you try to add different layers throughout the summer and um, all to prepare you to you know, have a good season and, and have a shot at the end. Now over to Eric Carlson. He was very bluntly asked if he sees himself coming back to San Jose. Uh, I haven't really thought about any of that. Uh, you know, I'm a guy that I stay in the moment uh, right now. Uh, I'm here talking to you guys, cleaning out my locker, which is all that I'm worried about uh, for the time being. And, and throughout the year, uh, you know, uh, I was focused on doing whatever I could to, uh, you know, be able to help uh, my team uh, being in the best position possible. And I didn't really think about anything. Uh, as I said again, uh, I've been treated with nothing but class and respect here. And, and uh, you know, I've seen uh, the best side of, of, of what this organization and this city has. And, and I liked everything I've seen. Uh, but again, you know, uh, I got a month now to, uh, you know, kind of regroup and assess everything. And, and again, uh, you know, a lot of things can happen. It's, it's a weird business we're in. But, uh, you know, I enjoyed my time here. And, uh, you know, whatever happens uh, is going to happen for a reason. But Carlson made a good point that he's earned the right to explore free agency through the hard work he's put in during his career. No, I mean, I, I've worked hard for 10 years in this league to, to be in the position that I'm in. Um, you know, I think that I've earned that. Uh, but again, uh, it's a big, uh, you know, responsibility and decision coming up for me personally. Uh, I haven't really, uh, you know, dealt with that process yet, but I will and I'll do it to the best of my manners with the information that I have. And uh, again, uh, you know, uh, some people have to go through it. I'm, I'm one of them, and, and I'll do everything I can to to make the the best decision for myself and, and you know for uh, uh, you know the team that uh, is going to want me. Now, beyond the big three, you're also looking at a guy like Gustav Nyquist, who got nothing but better in his time with the Sharks. I mean, I love it here. You know, I had a great time here. I had a great experience, a great three months or, or whatever, how long uh, I was here for. So, so, you know, it's nothing I've thought about. It's still a month away, you know. I know I don't have a contract for next year yet, but we'll see what happens. We'll take that process further further down the road. It's, I want to think about that right now. It's, it's uh, take that later on. And Jonas Donskoy is also going to be an unrestricted free agent. This is what he had to say about the upcoming process. We'll start talking now probably and during the season I wanted to focus on hockey and playing and, and our goal was to win the Stanley Cup so all my thoughts was in that process and of course it's been great for years here. I, I've enjoyed every day and, and I really hope I could be back. Now, of course, impacting all of these decisions is the development of young players and guys in the shark system, first touched upon by Pete DeBoer and then Doug Wilson. Yeah, we, we had a lot of growth from a lot of guys. Um, and it wasn't just our young guys. I, I thought some of our, our veteran guys added layers to their game, too, you know, which was a good sign. Um, 
You know, and that's that's for me all all harkens back to our leadership and and the key guys in our room. I think they drive that, and um, you know, I think the young guys were were uh, the benefactors of that. You know, obviously Timo Meyer adding a layer to his game, and Tommy Hurdle and Kevin LeBanc, and I thought both defensemen Heed and Ryan did too at different points. So. Um, you know, I think I think there was a lot of growth uh, in that area, and a lot of that credit goes to our, our leadership. Very impressed with them. And again, part of it's the leadership group, part of it's them individually understanding that uh, we need them to make a difference. Um, and we've got a lot of young players coming, which is exciting. Um, you know what Roy and Joe Will have done with the Barracuda keeps uh, you know filling the pipeline. And under a cap system, you have to have those guys coming in with the CMAX and Redeals and LeBanks and players like that. Um, but we're very pleased and excited about the growth of the young players. And you have to pay attention to this development because you look at what the Sharks have turned into. Tomas Hurdle was their second leading scorer. Of course, he's one of these young players we talk about. He's a prime example of the way the Sharks have been able to develop players. And then in fourth overall, you've got Timo Meyer. He had 66 points on the air. He had 36 assists, 30 goals. A huge year for him as he really started to break out. Evander Kane is a 30-goal scorer. Kevin LeBanc began to grow as well. He had a nice hat trick, and he had some big goals during the playoffs. Um, You look at Evander Kane and Joe Pavelski, of course. Pavelski, the upcoming free agent. Kane, they just locked up to a long-term contract last year. Brent Burns is at the top of the list. And, of course, in third, you have Logan Couture. So, when you look at, let's just look at these top ten guys. Burns, one. Hurdle, two. Couture, third. Timo four, Pavelski five, unrestricted free agent. Kane and LeBanc are tied in terms of points, both with 56 points. Then you have Jumbo with 51 points on the year, followed by Eric Carlson, another unrestricted free agent like Jumbo. And then you've got Donskoy. I mean, so you're looking at an interesting mix of veterans, of young players who are still on the rise, of key free agent acquisitions, trade acquisitions like Eric Carlson. It's a pretty interesting mix of what constitutes the Sharks' top scorers, but it's something that, again, that that pipeline of talent throughout the organization is building to. And, of course, you keep on looking down the pipeline at the next generation of guys coming up. You start with Joachim Blickfield, a left winger. This guy was acquired in the seventh round of the 2016 draft for the Portland Winterhawks this last year. He had 53 goals and 61 assists in 61 games played. And a pretty big body, too, at 6'2", 180 pounds. He was named the WHL Player of the Year. He finished the season leading WHL skaters in points. He was tied for first in goals, sixth in assists. And, of course, he led Portland in goals, points, and assists. Some others to pay attention to are Ivan Chekhov. He's a 20-year-old winger in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. In 66 games last year, he had 43 goals and 62 assists. He finished 10th in CHL in points with 105. There's Sasha Shemilevsky, a 6-foot, 190-pound center, taken in the 6th round of the 2017 draft. He plays in the Ontario Hockey League for the Ottawa 67s. He had 35 goals and 40 assists. He finished the postseason with points in 7 straight games. He was 2nd in playoff points fourth in assists and fifth in goals he's also made seven appearances for the united states u20 team where he had four goals and three assists the next we'll point out is ryan merkley taken in the first round of the 2018 draft he's a defenseman he's been playing for the petersboro peets and the gulf storm 14 goals 57 assists that's first in ohl defenseman in assists and second in points with 71 he led the peets with assists and overall in points 
Another defenseman to watch is Mario Ferraro. Just had another stellar year at UMass. He was signed by the Sharks on an entry-level contract at the end of April. He registered 37 points, 167 shots on goal, and 43 penalty minutes in 79 games with UMass. And also keep an eye on Noah Greger. This is a center taken in the fourth round of the 2016 draft. Most recently, he was in the WHL where he played for the Prince Albert Raiders. 43 goals, 45 assists, was tied for third in points in the playoffs overall for the WHL. So if you need any additional reason to be excited about those guys, just look at what Timo Meyer, Tomas Hurdle, and Kevin LeBanc have all turned into. I have no reason to doubt that the Sharks' overall organization can't do the same with the players I just mentioned. But as we wrap it up here, I thought that I would give us some sound from Brent Burns and Logan Couture, who we have not heard much from. And this is what he had to say overall about the season. I think, uh, you know, I think it's pretty easy to tell to take away from this one is, you know, we never gave up. I think it was we, we always made it kind of hard on ourselves, um, which is which, which isn't good. But we always kind of battle through, and you know, a lot of different times we did that. And yeah, you know, you, you always thought that there was that magic kind of was it was there that, that you need to get there. You know, it's a lot of you need to have the team, you need to have the luck, you need to have things going the right way. You know, I, I think at different points, we didn't always have that, but we, we still always found a way to uh, to win, whether it was, you know, the legs weren't there. We found a way. Injuries were there. We found a way. Uh, things weren't going. Found a way. So, you know, the belief was always there. So there was, there was never doubt. I mean, it didn't matter what was going on in the game, series. Um, it, it was it was always there. So. And Logan Couture was very blunt in his assessments. How does it feel? I feel like it always does. It's never fun to be standing up here talking to you guys when you don't win. So, yeah, how feeling? And Couture continued. These days aren't fun, man. You feel like you let a lot of people down. You know, you let Jumbo down. You let our ownership, Doug, who went out and made moves to, to give us the best opportunity to win a Stanley Cup. And yeah, it, uh, it hurts. If there's one thing that's been said about Logan Couture over the past couple of weeks, it's just about how much he hates to lose, and you can hear it in his voice when he is speaking there. But I personally do not feel that he or the team let anyone down. Sports are particularly cruel. There is only one team that technically has success. All the rest, by definition of not winning the championship, can be graded as being a failure. Now, I don't buy into that, but that seems to be the paradigm with which Logan Couture is viewing things. It's what makes him a professional athlete and the rest of us all just normal people. It's what makes Logan Couture, when the postseason come around, turn into the best player on the planet. And now a positive one for us to end on because, as Tomas Hurdle would say, fun must be always. Here's Tomas Hurdle on what it's going to take for him to make that next step and become a superstar in the NHL. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, season one was great for me. You know, I think I, I was playing all year, you know, I... It wasn't like one one month I was like playing good, another month I, I think my cousin was pretty good, you know, play everything, you know, plus playoff, play a lot of minutes, PK, power play, you know, everything when I, I, I don't even expect to play much, you know, before the season, so I was happy with everything, how, how's it go, and for sure I want to push it, I, I want to be next year similar, even better, you know, I want to be a guy, you know, one year I have 70 points, next year I have 40, you know, so I want to push push myself and be the player you know the leader on the team and it's a lot of work to do but I proved this year I can play you know a lot of minutes and really good hockey so I want to prove it and 
be you know for the team one of the leader you know behind the coach and these guys and and help it win every night so so I have to just push myself and even sometimes be a little bit better and but I was pretty happy about myself you know because always the years before was like an up and down but mm. this year I proved I can play you know every night and everything so so I want to just you know do it again and you no know, stop it with one season but just concert every every year like other guys all right that wraps it up for this edition of morning tide have a great summer everyone i want to give a big thanks to uh, scott emirate patrick hooper and ann fraser with the sharks who were absolutely awesome and helped me out every step of the way while we did this show during the sharks run inside the playoffs uh it's been an absolute blast and i can't wait to uh speak with you all again soon as we find out about a lot of the decisions we talked about within this uh within this latest episode of the podcast so so again, thank you very much. Don't hesitate to follow me on Twitter at Ted Ramey Media. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. Thank you for listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide with Ted Ramey. Music composed by Yogi Yend. New episodes appear each morning after Sharks playoff games on the Sharks, Sharks digital, digital platforms. platforms.